You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Here we are, Brain, the week that everybody was looking forward to from the very beginning of the season. One of the games, one of the highlights of the schedule for every Miami Dolphin fan, for every Cincinnati Bengal fan, maybe for some neutral football fans. Everybody was hyped for the big Week 13 matchup between Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami Dolphins and Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody was hyped to see the matchup between the two top drafted quarterbacks in the 2020 draft. And we've arrived and possibly neither one of them are starting. We know for a fact Joe Burrow's not starting. Tua is, uh, by all Sounds of it is going to be a game time decision on Sunday as to whether or not he's going to play. It sounds like it's trending towards Ryan Fitzpatrick making another start for the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. What a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, and look, at the you know, that's what everybody was looking forward to and and it'd be exciting and it'd be look, it'd be the not not just you know their first time matching up in the pros, but their first time matching up since going back uh, to to college, where they were arch rivals and they matched head to head and in a really great game that ultimately was won by Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers, who then went on to win the national championship that year. So it, it you know it would have been fun to watch. Uh, hopefully, we'll have opportunities to see that matchup somewhere down the road. Uh, but it's just not going to be this week. And, you know, it, it it's looking like, uh, you know, it, like you said, it might not be either of them. It might be uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick versus uh, oh, what's this other guy uh, that's that's starting Brandon Allen fr- starting from the Bengal. Brandon yeah. Allen. And listen, Brandon who Allen, among us, who among us could back up quarterback uh, four years in the league. And he's what made two starts, four starts, made four career starts. And this year was sort of the COVID emergency quarterback for the Bengals. And then Ryan Finley was so bad, I guess, in his uh, appearance in relief of Joe Burrow when Burrow got hurt that they decided that Ryan Allen had to be the starting quarterback. And listen, who can't get fired up for a Ryan Allen versus Ryan Fitzpatrick matchup in week 13 in the National Football League? We're so fired up that we can't even get his name right. I mean... We can't oh, even Brandon get Brandon Allen. Allen's Brandon name right. I'm I'm Ryan Finley and Brandon Allen. We're mixing it all up. It's this is how relevant this guy is. It's this is an exciting <laughs> top tier National Football League quarterback <laughs> matchup. And if you can't get excited for that, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, the quarterback situation in this league is ridiculous. You got uh, you got Hinton who started the the practice squad wide receiver started for the for the Broncos last week. You had. Uh, RG3 starting for the Ravens, who ended up getting hurt. So you had Trace McSorley making his NFL debut for the Ravens on a Wednesday night or a Wednesday afternoon, even. Uh, the NFL is really what a crazy place the National Football League is at this point in time. But anyway, I digress. We are going to talk about your Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals, a game that is absolutely as. Um, maybe not every single game from here on out, but this one is absolutely a must-win game if the Miami Dolphins 
truly want to be playoff contenders this year. Cannot lose the game at home to the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to get into that one here coming up in just a moment. But first, a reminder to everybody, if you're not already, to make sure you are following us on Twitter. I am at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. And you can go to Facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins and give us a like there as well. After that, head over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, leave us a positive review, and download, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast anywhere that you find podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere at all. And finally, make sure you are visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. Bran, there was an interesting article this week written by Armando Salguero, of all people. And I am not, generally speaking, a huge fan of Armando Salguero. I can tell by your face that you're not necessarily a huge fan of Armando Salguero either. Um, but he he wrote a, an interesting opinion piece in the Miami Herald this week that that I just thought it was an interesting angle to look at this game from. And basically what he did was he talked about how in 2019, there was a Super Bowl between the Los Angeles Rams and the New England Patriots. And right after that game, Zach Taylor and Brian Flores, two men who both coached in that game on opposite teams, were immediately hired to rebuild organizations. Uh, Brian Flores, obviously, hand-in-hand with Chris Greer, operated stripping the Miami Dolphins down to the studs and preparing a proper rebuild. And the centerpiece of that rebuild was going to be adding the franchise quarterback. Zach Taylor did a similar thing in Cincinnati. Again, the centerpiece of that was going to be finding a new franchise quarterback. Here comes the 2020 or 2019 season comes and goes. The Bengals end up with the number one pick with the 2-14 and 14 record. The Dolphins end up 5-11, and 11, get the number five pick in the draft. Both teams get the quarterbacks they wanted. Bengals get Joe Burrow. The Dolphins get Tua Tungavailoa and head into 2020 ready to begin the rebuild. The Dolphins, at this point in time, come into this game with a record of 8-4. and four, Legit playoff contenders in the AFC. The Bengals are two, eight, and one, and have lost Joe Burrow for the season to injury. And basically, this is what Salguero says. He says, so these two organizations could not be headed in a more different direction now. Flores is being mentioned in the conversation for coach of the year. Taylor, meanwhile, is being mentioned as a candidate to be fired after the season. So the way to look at this to the look at this game is really a tale of two organizations that took similar approaches. One team, one organization seems to be doing things the right way. The other organization a little bit more of a question mark because even as the Dolphins were quote unquote tanking for Tua last year, they improved over the second half of the season. The Bengals Finished two and fourteen, and here they are a year later. Yes, technically their record has improved. Even if they lose their final five games of the season, they'll end up two thirteen and one, which is a half game improvement over what they did last year. But the Dolphins, you can see the clear trajectory, whereas the Bengals uh, seem to be stumbling all over themselves, and and they seem to be stumbling. And I think this is important to mention: they seem to be stumbling even before Joe Burrow got hurt. He was playing really well, and that was something that made them exciting to watch, but the team was not really doing anything. And so now here we are. They're coming in with a backup quarterback leading the way. They're pretty banged up. The Dolphins banged up as well, but as we mentioned, still right in the mix as playoff contenders. So Brain, as you take a look at these two coaches side by side, Zach Taylor, Brian Flores, uh, what is the most striking thing to you as you look into this upcoming week 13 matchup between these two teams. Well, the first thing that jumps out is just the difference in styles. Look, 
Brian Flores is a defensive-minded head coach. Zach Taylor is an offensive-minded head coach. And so because of that, uh, you know, Zach Taylor, you know, the 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 emphasis on their rebuild has been more along the the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, it's it's not just uh, you know, Joe Burrow, but it's it's been implementing an offense trying to to get weapons for Burrow and also, you know, build an offensive line. But but really the thing that jumps out the most to me when you compare these two teams is that while Cincinnati was bad last year and you know, ended up being worse than the Dolphins, they didn't go into the last season attempting to tank. They went into last season thinking that the year before when they struggled was a little bit of an aberration and that they were going to bounce back and they were going to be decent. And it didn't happen. They had injuries. A.J. Green, uh, you know, got hurt. Uh, uh, Andy Dalton got hurt. And just the, it was one of those years where everything just kind of went in a tailspin. And they said, all right whatever, we're going to, you know, we'll be fine. We'll ride this out. We'll get the number one pick. But the thing that really strikes me from a, you know, from an organizational standpoint is the Dolphins had a plan all along that it was an aggressive rebuild. It was, we are lopping off the top half of the roster. Uh, You know, we're getting rid of all of the bad contracts. We're going to acquire as many draft picks as possible. I mean, granted it helps when you're doing business with with Bill O'Brien you know and he's given you uh you know that many draft picks not every team can win the Bill O'Brien sweepstakes not every team was lucky enough to have the right player at the right time in Laramie Tunsil that Bill O'Brien was just going to you know it, you know when when all is said and done that Laramie Tunsil trade might turn out to be this generation's Herschel Walker trade which what if, if for our younger listeners and viewers, the Herschel Walker trade was the trade that the Dallas Cowboys made with the Minnesota Vikings in what was it like 89 or 90, somewhere around there, uh, where the Vikings gave up a ton of draft picks and the Cowboys used those picks to build the foundation of their dynasty in the early 90s. And that's essentially the model that the that the Miami Dolphins have used uh, with the, with that Laramie Tunsil trade. The Bengals didn't make any aggressive moves like that. They've strictly, you know, been, you know, we got the high draft pick, but it just goes to show you how valuable those draft picks are and how valuable it is to have complete overturn on the roster uh, so that anybody that is left over from that older culture uh you know, you kind of clean house, not, not maybe not everybody, but like you, you've got to have a major amount of turnover and you've got to kind of rebuild this thing quickly. Uh, otherwise, it, you're not going to see the results that you're looking for. Uh, but the other thing that really stands out and it stood out last year and it's going to stand out with just about any team that finishes with a really bad record is that there was a failure to adjust you know, Zach Taylor had his his offense, and he's in. And last year, he was basically given a pass because they had injuries, and it was his first year. And they said, "Well, we're tanking for for Joe Burrow or Tua or whoever the number one pick is going to be. We're tanking to get that quarterback." So he was basically given a pass. Uh, but you could see last year this team. He was an offensive minded head coach, but the offense wasn't doing anything last year, and he just got a pass. Uh, and look, it, it, you, you want to see growth and, and you made allusions to it. You saw the dolphins get better as last season went along. You've seen the dolphins get better as this season has gone along. And there's just a trajectory there that the dolphins are developing the players that they have granted they have also been far more aggressive in overturning that roster and bringing in players via free agency with all the cap space that they created, bringing in all those draft picks from those trades. Uh, but 
it, it's it's a combination of organizationally having a plan and as a coaching staff doing a better job of developing that talent. And then also, I think when you have a... It's easier to win in this league if you have a good defense. You don't need to have, you know, an elite defense, but if you have a good defense you're going to be in most games and it's going to give you the opportunity to win if a few things go your way. If you have a bad defense, it is very difficult to win. I think it's harder to win with a bad defense than it is to win with a bad offense. Now, as far as the ceiling, you can make the debate as far as it's probably easier to win a championship nowadays with a with an elite offense than it is with an elite defense. But as far as being a solid football team and winning a decent amount of games, I think it's it's easier to win uh, with a, with a bad offense than it is with a bad defense. And Cincinnati's got a bad defense, but frankly, they haven't had a very good offense either, even when Joe Burrow was there. Yeah, it's true. So there's. There's a couple of things to take away from it. One is that having a plan and having a comprehensive plan is pretty helpful. And two, we there was a trend, a real trend that year where um, Zach Taylor was hired, where all of the coaches, everybody was out looking for offensive minded coaches because they were everybody was trying to build off of the success that the Rams in Kansas City had had moving the ball. And it was like, oh, it's, it looks like an offensive league. And the Dolphins went against that, picked the defensive minded head coach and are now really sort of reaping the rewards for that with a defense that is on its way to being among the best defenses in the National Football League. I want to talk about something, just touch on something before we get into the... That might have been a little overstated, but they're good. Well, they're on their way. They're on their way. They've they've got a defense that is on their way to being one of the best in the league. They're not there yet, but they're certainly... If they continue to improve defensively the way that they did this year... And they continue on that trajectory. We're not far away from this, have, from the Dolphins having one of the best defenses in the league. And I feel comfortable saying that. They're not there yeah, if they yet. They learn how obviously. to stop the run. They're good. Exactly. They've got to figure out how to seal off the edge there and not get, get gashed by Giovanni Bernard this weekend. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But the other thing that I want to talk about is because you touched on it was that trade, the, that, that Laramie Tunsil trade. And we got some news this week that I think is huge positive for the Miami Dolphins, which, you know, these players, Bradley Roby and Will Fuller from the Texans were suspended for the rest of the season for PED violations. So that is the, the Texans losing their top wide receiver and their top cornerback. The, the Texans currently find themselves that their, their first round pick next year is currently the 11th pick in the Tankathon rankings. And I'm not saying that Houston is going to lose out, but I would say that the loss of Will Fuller and Bradley Roby means that there's a decent shot that Houston could go further up in that uh, draft order. And, and, and that, that draft pick that is currently 11 could certainly end up being a top 10 pick. And if things go just the right way for the Dolphins could even, it's going to be a little bit of a stretch to get it into the top five, but it certainly could be a top 10 pick for the Dolphins. And that's certainly good news if you're a Dolphins fan. And it's that kind of thing of, you know, last year we were dealing with this thing where you had all of these people who wanted the Dolphins to tank and lose and lose so that they could get the higher draft pick because everybody knew that the season was really about player development and the results of the games didn't really matter. So the hope was that the Dolphins would compete really well and then lose. And then you also had people who were like, no, I can never cheer for my team to lose. Well, now everybody can cheer for the Dolphins to win while cheering for the Texans to lose so that we can end up, you know, with a high draft pick courtesy of the Houston Texans and Bill O'Brien. But let's dive into this game now, Brain. Dolphins, Bengals. Bengals are sort of listless here, as we said. Bradley Allen is their starting quarterback. Brandon, not Bradley. Jeez. This is how this is how relevant this guy is. As we said, this is going to be the running gag. He's going to, every time we mention him, he's going to have a different different first name. So uh, Dolphins going into this game against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got Doug Allen at quarterback for them. 
And uh, he had, a, it was a pretty bad performance last week for Jacob Allen. He was 17 of 29 for 136 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Uh, he was sacked twice. He also ran the ball four times for a whopping seven yards. So as we can tell, Christopher Allen had a very bad game in his debut for the Bengals. And now this team is coming in to take on a Dolphins defense that has confused and given even the toughest teams a hard time. Now, Cincinnati is also without Joe Mixon, who is their uh, starting running back. He remains on injured reserve, so it is likely that we're going to see uh, Giovanni Bernard and Samaje Perrine get the the bulk of your uh, the bulk of your carries. For Cincinnati. Former Dolphin Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah. So uh you know, this is uh this this is a Cincinnati Bengals team that is in pretty rough shape. So I think it feels like to me this Dolphins defense is going to match up pretty well with Cincinnati when um when Armando Allen is under center for the Bengals. So what do the Dolphins need to do defensively to stop David Allen? Yeah, I mean it's 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 a great matchup for the Dolphins defense and it's a Dolphins defense that when they haven't gone up against Kyler Murray has looked outstanding defending the pass. I guess Drew Locke had a, you know, had a, you know, some moderate success, but in general, this Dolphins pass defense has been outstanding. The secondary uh, you know, I saw the stat uh, Travis Wingfield tweeted it out there, but he basically took from pro football focus, the top five, uh, snap takers from the Dolphins secondary. So that's Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Nick Needham, Eric Rowe, and Bobby McCain when targeted by opposing quarterbacks have allowed a passer rating of 71.2. That is Absurd. That's it's, the good stuff, baby. That's the good stuff. That is dominant pass defense. That is uh, that is a secondary of a bunch of guys playing at a Pro Bowl level, and uh, they're going to have their hands full with some weapons that that the Bengals have. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and A.J. Green is a hell of a trio. But can Bobby Allen get them the ball? And can he and will he have time to get them the ball? Because this Dolphins pass rush has done a really good job of mixing up their blitzes, mix and combining that with mixing up their coverages to really confuse, you know, even even some veteran quarterbacks, but especially young quarterbacks. And, you know, Kevin Allen has played, you know, has been in the league for four years, but he's only started four games. Uh, so he he's not some seasoned vet out there. So the Dolphins should make life very, very difficult for Robbie Allen in this game. And I, I expect a, a, de- a dominant defensive performance. I expect uh, pressure on the quarterback. Uh, and I expect them uh, to do a good job of of limiting, you know, what the Bengals can do on the ground. I think the matchup here is, is, I mean, the number one thing is put pressure on, on the quarterback, but save for that, the, the matchups to look for are these wide receivers from the Bengals matched up against the Dolphins secondary. And because of the style and the differing styles and the way they're used, I think it's pretty clear to me anyway, I think majority of the game, you're going to see Xavier Howard on AJ Green. I think you're going to see Byron Jones on, on T Higgins. And for sure, for sure, even if they decide they're not going to shadow those two receivers with Byron Jones and X, and they're going to just let them play their sides for sure. To me, the key matchup is going to be Tyler Boyd in the slot against Nick Needham. We say this virtually every week, and in our last episode, I mentioned how he's really become one of the more important pieces of this entire Dolphins team, Nick Needham, Nick Needham, because 
of the dominant play on the outside by X and by Byron Jones, Nick Needham is always the guy that is going to get targeted as the weak spot in the secondary. And that might be the case. He may very well be the weak spot in this secondary, but that's, that's, you know, that doesn't say much because you're talking about two elite corners on the outside and you're talking about two safeties that are playing at a pro bowl level in, uh, in uh, both uh, Bobby McCain and Eric Rowe. And to be honest, uh, Brandon Jones, uh, while not predominantly used in coverage, mostly used very smartly in that Patrick Chung role that he was drafted for as kind of a blitzer, a box safety to come up and stop the run. When, When he's been in coverage, he's been okay. He's been solid. And so uh, just the way that the Dolphins secondary continues to play and handles those receivers, that's going to be the matchup. But but really, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback, making uh, Josh Allen, uh, well, I guess we can't call him Josh Allen because then we're confused. We'll call him Jonathan Allen. Uh, <laughs> maybe, you know, it, it, putting pressure on Jonathan Allen and forcing him to make some mistakes, that I think is probably key number one to this game. Absolutely. So as long as the Dolphins can put pressure on LeBron Allen, they're going to be okay in this game. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our wonderful sponsor. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about what the Dolphins need to do when they have the football. Be right back. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 includes their Lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer with advanced skin-safe technology. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner, Magic Mat Disposable Shaving Mats, and a pair of high-performance anti-chafing boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. And you can keep all of your Manscaped products in the Shed Travel Bag. Tis the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DOLPHINSTALK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code DOLPHINSTALK. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Your balls will thank you. And we are back here on the same old Dolphin Show. Hopefully you are taking advantage of that deal and that opportunity to get some good holiday shopping done. And now it's time to talk about what the Dolphins are going to do on offense in this game. Now, before we can get into this, we need to talk about the running back situation because things are just getting awfully thin at running back. We found out as we are recording this on Friday evening, we found out today that Matt Breida has been added to the COVID list. He was uh, showing some symptoms and then was added to the list. So it sounds like we've got a positive case there with Matt Breida. So who knows when we're going to see Matt Breida again. And at the same time, DeAndre Washington picked up a hamstring injury, uh, was a DNP on Wednesday and Thursday, got a limited practice in on Friday, but he is doubtful for this game. Savan Ahmed still dealing with his shoulder injury, uh, has gotten in a few limited practices, but he is doubtful for Sunday's game as well, which leaves us at the time of recording on Friday. The Dolphins have one running back, well, one, you know, sort of every down running back candidate, and that would be Patrick Laird. And uh, obviously Chandler Cox would be potentially available at fullback as well. But that's all we have as far as active running backs right now. Um, The word is, however, that Miles Gaskin continues to trend upwards. And there is a possibility that he could come off of 
the injured reserve list. He could be activated as early as Saturday, which would be good. And if that is the case, I would encourage everybody with Miles Gaskin on their fantasy team to play him because he's going to be he's going to be your sort of bell cow back in this one. He's going to get the ball all day long. The Cincinnati Bengals are among the very worst teams in the National Football League when it comes to defending the run. They are allowing 136.5 yards on the ground every game. So per game, that's the average. So this is an opportunity for the Dolphins to try to get things going in the running game. The other thing we've got to mention if we're going to talk about this injury situation is at this point, it sounds like Tuatunga Vailoa is a game time decision for Sunday. And what that would lead me to suspect is that most likely we're going to end up seeing Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback for the Dolphins on Sunday. Uh, that's not a guarantee, but you know, if, if they arrive on Sunday and they're feeling good about where Tua is, then Tua is going to get the start. But as of now, it's a game time decision. So keep an ear out on Sunday to find out what the deal is there to a questionable for Sunday's game. Um, so, so there we are. What, uh, what is it that the Dolphins are going to do? Obviously, if you can get Miles Gaskin active for this game, that's going to be the key is to just run the ball, run the ball and let that open up the passing game. At least that's the way that I see it. But um, for you, Brain, whether it's Tua or more likely Fitzpatrick on Sunday, what is the key for the Dolphins to get past this Cincinnati defense? Well, I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say that Brian Flores right now is showing a little bit of gamesmanship uh, on both the Miles Gaskins front and the quarterback front because he does not have to make a move. He doesn't need to let anybody know. He's, you're, two is dealing with a legit injury. So is Miles Gaskin. He doesn't need to activate him off the IR. Uh, you know, he can wait as long as he wants and and then activate him on Sunday. Uh, and, you know, there's no reason to, to let Cincinnati know, especially, look, if the plan is to play Tua, we don't need Cincinnati spending the entire week preparing for the, the four or five games that Tua started by watching just the Tua tape. We want them to prepare for, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that combined with, and, and I, we're not going to turn it into the whole like Tua versus Ryan Fitzpatrick show. Uh, you know, I might put some some things out there on Twitter if you want to know, you know, in depth my opinions on this this quarterback situation, we'll call it. But I think if you're trying to avoid a quarterback controversy and you're uh, and you're trying to make it very clear that Tua is your starting quarterback when healthy, then I think when you're dealing with a really really mild injury and you said that he was extremely close to playing last week and you've got a game against Cincinnati this week and a game against the defending world champs and arguably the favorites to do it again the Kansas City Chiefs next week I would want to get Tua out there I would want I would not want Tua's first action in three weeks to be in that game I would want to throw Tua out there and I think Miles Gaskin is going to come back too because I think that you know, obviously, you know, with the COVID stuff with Matt Breida, that that can be, you know, pretty unexpected. But I think if this was a really dire situation, I don't think that the Dolphins, like if, if Miles Gaskin was in any real danger of not playing this Sunday, I think the Dolphins would have signed somebody off the scrap heap just to have a body. Uh, and, and the fact that they're not doing that, I think Miles Gaskin is going to play. And so with those things said, We've heard a lot of hot takes going back, I think, probably five or six weeks. As long as we've been doing these hot takes, the one hot take that I think we've gotten every single week is this is the week that the Dolphins are going to get a 100-yard rusher. This is the week that the Dolphins are going to get a 100-yard rusher. Look at and this. And it's going to be... Miles Gas. Here we go. 
And it's going to be not just, uh, it's not just going to be, you know, the quality of the, the production. It's just simply going to be the opportunity because if it's Miles Gaskin and, and who? Who who else? Laird. Who, Patrick who else Laird. Is held? And Patrick Laird. Miles Gaskin is going to get the brunt of the carries. And frankly, I think this is a game where the Dolphins could conceivably have a big lead. And the only way that they're going to get in trouble in this game is by turning the ball over. Uh, and and I think this is the kind of game where the Dolphins are going to get are going to become very motivated to get off to a fast start. Uh, I think we'll attack. Look, obviously, there you know a guy like Geno Atkins on the defensive line is a guy that you got to prepare for. Uh, the safety Jesse Bates is a Pro Bowl safety. Uh, you know, arguably the best free safety in the league right now. He's a guy that you got to watch out for, especially when you consider the last two weeks. Uh, you know, the way that Denver game ended with a ball hawking safety, making a big play for an interception. A couple of throws last week by Fitzpatrick were very dangerous. Uh, you know, could have been intercepted by May of the Jets. I think there's, there's going to be, you're not going to be ultra conservative, but if you can put some points on the board early, the defense dominates and the special teams does their thing. I see this game as a game where the Dolphins go into the second half with a two or three score lead and they just hit. And if they're able to run the ball, there's not going to be a need to do anything aggressive. Uh, and, and I think this is the week to really establish the run, uh, really make it a focal point of your offense and, and get it working in the right direction. Cause you're going to need that coming down the stretch, especially looking you know, you know, we got three home games right now. That's nice to be in South Florida in December for those three home games. But then you're going to be in late December in January and you're going to have to go, uh, you know, you're going to have to go to Buffalo at the end of the year and in a game that, you know, you might need to win to make the playoffs. And yep. so you're going to need to run the ball down the stretch. This is a game to really hammer that point across that that's something that we must do. And it's something that we can do. And I think, I don't know that we can do it consistently, but I think we can do it against this Bengals defense. So, so there it is. That's the key. Run the ball. Uh, you know, get, get your big, get Devante, you know, feed Devante and, you know, maybe, you know, figure out some ways to, to maybe, you know, create some rushing yards with whether it's the jet sweep action with Jakeem Grant, maybe Lynn Bowden gets a carry, maybe you get some Wildcat. You've been running the RPO when you have Tua in there. Hell, Ryan Fitzpatrick ran the option last week. So maybe Tua runs the option this week. There are ways to get it going, but I think it's imperative to get the running game going. All right, there you have it. So start Miles Gaskin in your fantasy leagues, folks, because the brain says he's going over 100 yards this week for the Miami Dolphins against the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to give you our predictions for this game in just a moment. But first, as we do every week, we put the call out on Twitter for hashtag one hot take from the listeners and they have delivered. So here they go, brain. Jump in if you hear something that you want to talk about. At Haitian Dolphin One says Tua will play against the Bengals, contributing two touchdowns, no interceptions for 250 yards of passing, and a rushing touchdown, leading the team to eight and four. I Mike, like it. At Berg Finns Fan says Emmanuel Ogba gets two sacks and the defense forces four Bengals turnovers. Could see I that like happening. It. Here's JTweets93 with perhaps the most scorching, ridiculous take ever. Which is that Joe Burrow comes in and lights the Dolphins' D up. It's a hot take. <laughs> One-legged Joe Burrow comes out there. I don't uh, I don't see it. <laughs> I do not see it, frankly. Uh, at Dolphins Talk, Mike says Fitzpatrick starts at quarterback, throws for four touchdowns, and Miami has a full-blown quarterback controversy on their hands moving forward. Mike is all Mike is full steam ahead on the quarterback controversy front. Well, if you let and look, we're not gonna get 
fully into it, but if you let Fitz, if Fitzpatrick starts and he plays really well, and then you start Tua against Kansas City, and then we lose and Tua doesn't play great, it, it's it's happening, sweetheart. Yeah, at that point it becomes a conversation, that's for sure. At Brett Ju- Brett Judge seventeen says we rush for over a hundred yards. I mean, the Dolphins have gotten as a team over a hundred yards, but. Maybe he's uh, saying that maybe he's on the Miles Gaskin bandwagon this week. Let's see. Uh, at Occam's Razor 42 says Tua has easily his best game to date. And that is followed by at Gazer J, who says Tua throws for three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 366 yards that leads to a Dolphins win. I like it. Here's one from at Teddy Giardino. Teddy underscore Giardino says, Xavier Howard comes up with his eighth and ninth picks of the season. Ogba has two plus sacks. Shaq Lawson also goes on a tear and has a huge game. Yeah, Tua has his first three touchdown game. That is a number of hot takes from at Teddy underscore Giardino, but I like it. How about this one from uh, at Bill McMaster? Nick Needham gets his first pick six and the Twitterverse goes wild. <laughs> hashtag Nick Six. Oh, I like, I like it. it. I like hashtag I like Nick it. Six is good. Yes. Let's see here. At Dolphins Melody says the Dolphins start a f- start start a free agent pickup at running back this week. And that was a that was a tweet that came in on Thursday. So uh, maybe she's ahead of the game there. Although I don't believe that they've picked anybody up at this point, which means that I don't know that they'd be able to bring somebody in to start. At this point, it would have to be somebody off of the practice squad. Um, here's one from at Dolphins End Zone. He says the Dolphins will be the same old Dolphins. Oh dear! In class, in classic Dolphins End Zone fashion. Yes. In classic Dolphins end zone fashion, he says the Dolphins are going to drop this one. Uh, I presumably that's what he means by saying they're going to be the same old Dolphins lose a game yeah. at home to Cincinnati that you got to win at the Navarone Gun says Fitz leads in Ohio River boat race and the Dolphins win thirty five to six. I like it. Let's take a look over on the Facebook. We got some. Let's see. We got uh, Jason Lemay says Tua will have a career game and so will Howard. Talking, of course, about Xavier Howard and uh, Craig Clifton, who I believe is actually the same. The Dolphins end zone yeah, says Dolphins the Dolphins will lose zone. one. Says the Dolphins will lose one that everyone is picking them to win. <laughs> Dane Ricondo says Dolphins make it competitive. Bengals make it competitive, but Dolphins come out on top. Let's see. AJ Eureka says Tua starts but doesn't finish, and Flores blames the thumb when everyone knows everyone will know it was just bad play. Oh, the conspiracy theories. Here we go. Jake Smith says we finally get the running game going, and X has another interception. And uh, Jason Derleth says Gaskin plays, goes for a hundred plus yards, and the defense takes it home again. Fins up. There you go. There you have it. Some hashtag one hot take from the listeners. Brain, it is prediction time. Actually, you know what? Before we get the predictions in, you know what I forgot to do is plug the YouTube channel. Hi, YouTube. Hi, YouTube. How's everybody doing out there in YouTube land? Sorry we didn't get your plug in earlier, but don't forget Dolphins Talk has a YouTube page. Go to YouTube.com and do a search for for Dolphins Talk, all one word, and you will find the page. Make sure that you hit subscribe and you will get the same old Dolphin Show and a lot of other content up there on the Dolphins Talk YouTube page as well. All right, brain prediction time. What do you got on Sunday when the Dolphins host the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, I think that this is, uh, like, look, Brian Flores dominated Sean McVay and Zach Taylor. Uh, uh, you know, his defense dominated their offense uh, in the Super Bowl. Brian Flores dominated Sean McVay's offense earlier this season. Now Zach Taylor comes in with, you know, Todd Allen at quarterback. And, you know, Gio Bernard at at starting running back against the Dolphins defense that is playing with a a ton of confidence that's going to come in focused 
at home with a chance to go to eight and four coming down the home stretch. I don't think you're going to catch this Dolphins team looking ahead. I think you're going to get a Dolphins team that is coming to get the job done. And I think they're going to look sharp, uh, particularly on that side of the football. I think we're going to create some turnovers. I think we're going to win the battle in the trenches because the Bengals are one of the few teams in the league that I think the Dolphins have uh, a distinct advantage in the trenches against. And, And that means this has a chance of really being a blowout. I think the Dolphins get off to a fast start, uh, bring a three-score lead into halftime, and just cruise in this one. And I think we start to see a little bit more efficiency uh, because we're able to run the ball. I I really think the Dolphins have a chance to play, to put up their most impressive performance of the season to date. I would argue probably their most impressive performance this season was probably that San Francisco game. That was probably the most complete start to finish. I think they're going to surpass that. And I think the Dolphins are going to win this game 37-3. to Wow, I like it. That is a big, bold prediction from Aaron the Brain. I am also feeling confident in this one. I got to be honest, the Dolphins versus generic NFL quarterback Carlos Allen I believe that they are going to bring the heat and they are going to have this guy seeing ghosts and he's going to have a rough day at the office. I think we're going to see the defense make some big plays. I imagine we're going to get a defensive score in this, whether it's a fumble recovery return for touchdown, whether it's a pick six. I feel like the Dolphins defense is going to do a lot, which means that the Dolphins offense is not going to have a lot to do in this game. But when they get their opportunities, I think they're going to take them. I think we're going to see Tua get the start on Sunday. I think maybe we'll get to see him. He's going to, we'll see him take a few more chances than we've seen before. He's going to try to squeeze some balls into tight spaces and maybe throws an interception, maybe turns the ball over a little bit, but also maybe he makes a couple of plays that he was waiting for the, you know, maybe he was, there were opportunities for him to make plays that he was waiting for them to develop before throwing the ball. Now he's going to pull the trigger a little bit earlier. He's going to make some things happen offensively. Miles Gaskin is going to run. He's going to have space. He's going to have room. And the Dolphins are, I think, going to have a pretty comprehensive victory here. I think they're going to still struggle a little bit in the running game, the run defense there. And I think perhaps Cincinnati will get a couple of scores in, but I think all, all is going to end up being a pretty easy day at the office for your Miami Dolphins. We'll get a couple of, um, Capital field goals from November AFC special teams player of the month, Jason Sanders, the right leg of God. I think he'll uh, kick some field goals. And I think your Miami Dolphins are going to get a victory over the Cincinnati Bengals 41 to 10. And I believe the Dolphins may just get some help from elsewhere in the universe to improve their playoff standing in the AFC, whether it's in the wild card picture, I'm less optimistic that San Francisco is going to take care of business against Buffalo and let the Dolphins be in a tie in the standings at the top of the San AFC. San Francisco's East. playing good, but San Francisco is playing some good football, and Buffalo is without. John Brown and Josh Allen struggles without John Brown and they've got to go into the same building where they fell victim to the Hale Murray because San Francisco is now playing their home games for the rest of the season in Arizona because of the uh, uh, coronavirus restrictions in Santa Clara County. And so, uh, you know, it could end up being a very, very good Sunday indeed for your Miami Dolphins. What I will tell you is that regardless of what happens on Sunday, we will be right back here on the same old Dolphin Show early next week to talk you through it and to give our thoughts and to get you prepared for the big four-game run-in to finish the season because this is it. This is the last sort of, if you want to call it a cupcake, it's the National Football League. There's no real cupcakes, but... This is the last of the games where you you think the Dolphins might have an easy time because the challenge gets real stiff when you go into these final games, these final four games of the season. So, Brain, any parting words that you want to share with the people here? 
Look, let's let's take care of business. This is this feels this has the feel of a preseason game. We're hoping that the team does not approach it that way. I feel I feel like we 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 feel confident that the team is not pr- approaching it that way, and that's why we feel I think you and I and I think most fans feel like this has the feel of the the final tune-up game before the real season starts and it's it's that those last four games we've looked at it we it's been ever since the dolphins started to turn a corner this year and we saw that we were going to be in a playoff race and things looked like hey we saw this stretch of very winnable football games we said okay get to get to a point where you're in the thick of things going down the stretch into those last four games and that's when we're going to really see what this team is made of. This is your chance to take care of business, to get your tune-ups in, because after this week, we're essentially starting a month-long playoff run before the playoffs even begin. It's true. It's a four-game round robin in which you've really, you just got to go two and two. And if you can win two of those final four games, you're almost definitely going to find yourself in the AFC playoffs which is a pretty good spot. If you win this Sunday. If you win this Sunday, right. If you don't win this Sunday, you, you're you putting yourself really behind an eight ball for those final four games. So you got to take care of business here first, and then we can uh, deal with those final four games. And whatever the case is, as always, we will be right here with you at the same old Dolphin Show to cover it for you. So... Enjoy the game on Sunday. Have some fun. Relax. Kick off your holiday season. If you haven't kicked it off yet, you maybe throw on the Christmas lights. You light up the Christmas tree. You uh, you getting fired up. You know, maybe if break you're... Break out uh, the coquito. Break out the coquito. You, listen, you want to set up the menorah a little bit early. That's okay, too. You can do that. Get hyped. It's the holiday season, and the Dolphins are in the thick of the NFL playoff race. And if they can win this game versus Cincinnati, it's going to be one exciting final month of the season, folks. So let's enjoy the ride because your Miami Dolphins are really starting to look like they've really turned some things around. So are they the same old Dolphins? We're sure as heck going to find out here over the final five games of the season. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins!